Hello, film fans. Welcome to the Film vs. Film podcast. My name is Martin Harris, your host, and I'm joined by the film encyclopedia man, Pius Dix. We are a couple of filmmakers on occasion, but mainly can't stop yapping about movies. On this podcast, every episode we pick a topic from a film that's coming out of the cinema or on VOD. Myself and Bias pick our favourite film from that topic and we battle it out to decide which film will become the greatest film of all time, according to two film geeks from Wiltshire, England. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review and subscribe. Hello, Podsters. It is our Loki TV special this week. As ever, I am joined by the Mr. Encyclopedia Man, that is Bowers Dix. How are you, sir? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. <laughs> yeah, I'm very low-key today. <laughs> yes, all very low-key and chilled. Yeah, that was, a ter- that was horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's all very low-key and chilled. <laughs> yeah. It was. We're going to do this special a little bit differently this week because we've actually seen the whole show. So if you've not seen all of the show at the end, we're going to talk about the whole thing and kind of do a little predictions about what, you know, what the MCU might hold for the future. So if you haven't seen it, go and watch it all and then listen to this. Yeah. And even what this show might hold, because even though we've watched this uh, show, you know, they say at the end there's a season two. Which was a surprise. So. Yeah. I did not yeah. expect that at all, no. Yeah, no, neither did I. I thought it was going to be a one and done thing. Yeah. I went with eventually episode one, actually, Glorious Purpose. It was kind of a difficult decision, to be honest, because I really liked a lot of them. I really liked the fourth one where you find out the timekeepers are just androids, <laughs> robots. Yeah. That was fun. Quite a big, eventful yeah. episode. Episode two was great with like, you know, the the salad <laughs> metaphor thing that was hilarious with Mobius. Yeah. It's like, oh no, come on, that's my salad. That's not Asgard. <laughs> um, that's actually a really good Owen Wilson impression. Thank you very much. Some appreciation for once. <laughs> I know, for once. I think we finally found your uh, celebrity <laughs> imitation. Yeah. That is spot on. I think maybe you're a variant of um, uh, Owen Wilson. And I like the fifth one as well, you know, which is very epic and a lot of scale to that. Yeah. But I eventually went with the first one. A lot of great jokes in it. Yeah. And just really, some really interesting stuff. So, so what happens in episode one? Loki escapes the Avengers only to be captured by the time variance authority and put on trial for the crime of being a variant from the sacred timeline. One agent, Mobius, sees potential in Loki and forces the Asgardian, to truly see himself so that he will join forces with Mobius and hunt the most dangerous version of them all in Sylvie. Directing then for Loki, at the start when we recap with the endgame scene where Loki teleports using the Tesseract, I think they add a close-up shot on Loki cheekily waving at Hulk because he can't take the elevator. That was quite a nice surprise. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. I suspect they created that for the show, you know, not shot from Endgame, you know, not a shot from Endgame that they just didn't put in. It could have been extra footage from Endgame that was possibly snipped off that they just put together. I, d- I don't know, really. I have to find Maybe. that Maybe. And then when, you know, Loki goes through all the different sections to to sort him out for the TVA, 
Did you notice the yeah. cat? I was just like, that's got to be a flurkin, <laughs> surely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Careful of that. <laughs> There's a lot of like good moments. It's it's just the kind of insane, monotonous bureaucracy, and like the lines and every, just everything is so daft and like robotic and. But it, it, yeah, it's just kind of the it's it's so weird, like having a bureaucratic official sort of office thing deal with time and stuff, and just him. Yeah, yeah it's just it's just so funny how they process him. I really like uh, two of the bits mm-hmm. of the uh, of processing him are um, when they say sign this here. This is a list of everything you've ever said. Oh, yeah, like sign <laughs> here, and he's like, "What?" It's like sign this as well. <laughs> this is absurd. He's like, sign <laughs> this. Yeah, <laughs> another sheet yeah, of paper cool. prints out, which is a great yeah. joke. I really like that, but I kind of wanted it to carry on and go on and on a bit more, you know, for a few more beats. <laughs> it would be nice if, like, Loki just kind of, like, wants to piss off the guy, <laughs> you know, yeah. just to annoy him some, you know, further, um, just to irritate <laughs> yeah. him. That would have been great. Standing in line and having to have a, a ticket. That was funny. Oh, like yeah. The guy in he- ahead of yeah. him. There's only two of them, and the guy ahead of him doesn't take a ticket, and he gets mm. incinerated. But he's trying desperately to find his... Well, because before that, he's like being really al- arrogant about the TVA. After he's watched the little animation sequence, yeah, he sees the an- uh, the variant being pruned, and he's like, "Oh shit!" And then quickly pats down his jumpsuit. It just the way he does that is just yeah. hilarious. I love the um, animation sequence explaining what the TVA is all about with the sacred timeline and the timeline keepers like all done in this like Flintstones animation style in keeping with the the like this 70s style which I quite yeah. lo- quite liked a lot. I liked how the variants are just like yellow, you know. <laughs> and maybe there's a little hint of what is to come, you know, trying to prevent like a multi multiverse war, you know, which obviously we kind of find out at the end which it pretty much is to be honest. <laughs> Did you like the animation sequence? Yeah, I know. I love the animation sequence and Miss Minutes. I mm. like how she you kind of think she's a recording because he he's like, you know, I don't belong here. He goes, you might be thinking to yourself, I don't belong here. Well, you know, and then yeah. here's like an infomercial <laughs> of why you're here. I thought that was really funny. I like that bit in episode two, actually, where he's like trying to hit her with the jet ski magazine. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> yeah. I love the little like throwaway gag about Loki being DB Cooper, whom in real life like hijacked a plane at ransom and jumped off the plane with a parachute and was never found. I love how like Marvel mess with you like in the trailers because you're like, oh, what's this? You know, because you see, you know, yeah. the Bifrost um, pick up Loki and you're like, oh, is Thor going to be in this? Are we going to see more of Asgard? You know, is this a more important flashback? Nope, it's just a joke. <laughs> Just yeah. done as a joke. Yeah, they yeah. love messing it's with just us. Just more, <laughs> exactly. It's just fleshing out his more mischievous past. But it is mm. kind of a throwaway thing. But it's kind of it's a funny little like Easter egg. Yeah, or, I think my favorite shot though is the shot where Hunter B fifteen hits Loki at the start, and it goes into like s- super slow motion. At first, you think it's just for dramatic effect. But it, it's so she can put the like uh, time collar around his neck. It's just like really clever, and, yeah. and and the way like Tom Hiddleston's mouth just ripples and goes on and on and on. It's just hilarious. I love that bit. Really clever. Yeah, that was a really good set. 
You got a favourite shot then, or a favourite scene? I would say, like, my favourite shot slash scene is mainly because I think it ended really well, where you're like, oh, I want to see more. Where, um, just after it's like, you know, who are we after? uh, Mm. Loki asks Mobius. He's like, "Uh, I need you to help me get another version of you. And the Time Variant Authority go to a branch timeline, and um, it's all dark and stuff. It's like 1858 or something. And then yeah. there's like, you know, she's silhouetted in the background. You don't know it's a woman yet. And sets fire to like the field and then like starts dragging mm. them up and stuff. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Great cinematography there with like the bluey uh, haze kind of thing in the silhouette. So directing score, what are you going with? <laughs> it's a nice like introduction. I'm going to say like maybe an eight, eight point three. Yeah, I think it's, as you said, it's a really good introduction. The anim- I mean, to have the confidence to use like an animation sequence like that, which is very classical in mm. keeping with the style, this very like kind of retro period style in for the TVA yeah. was really kind of nice. Like the whole production to design of the TVA, I really enjoyed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which Especially I, yeah. like when he's going around the office or even seeing, um, yeah. you know, how m- m- magnificent it is beyond that, you know. It's pretty amazing. Mm. Yeah, so I'll go like just eight, I think. Screenplay then. <laughs> One of my favourite bits, and I think they missed a real opportunity here. A real opportunity for me. When the TVA arrests Loki right at the start, and Hunter B-15 says, Last chance, variant. And I was really like, oh, I wish they said, Last chance, fancy pants, from Django and Jane. <laughs> <laughs> It would have worked like really well because like Loki is in a fancy outfit. It just would have worked so well. Yeah, <laughs> he's in the desert. Pants. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just yeah, that just that just came into my head straight away. I'm just like, oh, you've missed an opportunity. <laughs> if only you could turn back time. Yeah. Uh. Oh yeah, it's interesting. There's kind of like a very big hand wave. <laughs> was interesting when loki and renslayer are talking about what the avengers did in endgame and it was supposed to happen and renslayer says what they did was supposed to happen you escaping was not it's like the show is like yeah we are going to just address that briefly and move on with our story just forget about that for a sec you know what did you think about that does that kind of like make sense with the whole yeah, the Avengers were supposed to do all that <laughs> with going back in time and defeating <laughs> Thanos. And the only reason, you know, the TVA get involved is because Loki, you know, picks up the Tesseract. Yeah. That was not allowed. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's it's kind of strange because, you know, they did mess up a lot of stuff in the timeline. Mm. And you'd think, you know, they would be arrested or whatever. But I guess maybe what they're saying is, like, even though they went back in time and stole... Uh, the cube and did all that stuff if he hadn't like this nobody would have known it really wouldn't have affected the end of avengers you know had they nicked it and then returned it yeah but because Mm. like they failed that heist and then he nicked it he's gone and like that really changes the rest of the films because he should go in prison and that affects thor the dark world and it affects many of the other films if there are any inconsistencies with the time variant authority and their way of doing things and you're like well why weren't you in endgame i think the end of the show kind of makes sense of that because it's it all fits into Mm. a larger plan of the person behind this like he wants loki there at that time like he constructed all of this so um loki would be there 
I love the scene when Loki escapes Mobius and finds the Tesseract, and then he sees that the TVA have loads of ver- of variant Infinity Stones as paperweights, and it's <laughs> yeah. you know it's a real shot to his ego because before he's been dissing the TVA and being very defensive towards Mobius, his questions, and now when he says, "Is this the greatest power in the universe?" It's the first like significant step towards Loki becoming a hero. And to do that, you need to destroy his ego, you know? And when he's seeing playback of the rest of his life, then he believes his future to be real. And Hiddleston is amazing in those moments, especially when he sees himself die at the end at the hands of uh, Thanos. So I thought that was quite a, a really interesting moment for the show, like right away of like, well, if we're really going to get on board with this character, we, we kind of need to make him more heroic but still keep yeah. like the Loki traits that we love, but we can't like follow the the Loki that's coming from 2012, who's pretty much pure evil. Really, well, not pure, you know, you know what I mean, yeah. like very, very dark. Yeah, I think it, it is kind of a framing device to get him up to speed to yeah. our Loki because he's he's really not. You know, he is a bad guy, and he hasn't had that character development. And it was, I, I suppose, it's just a way for them to sort of, as I said, keep him up to speed and get him you know closer to on par with how the the original loki mm. went to so you know he has a an overview of his life the the next few years that we're going to change him and then later he becomes like completely honest about who he is to mobius saying like because it's part of the illusion it's the cruel elaborate trick conjured by the weak and then he kind of gestures to himself to inspire fear you know, he's pretty broken seeing his whole life is for nothing and the TVA is seemingly all-powerful. So he has no other choice but to help the TVA find the variant um, of himself. And yeah, as you said, well, as we both said, it's kind of this deconstruction of Loki so he can, you know, to basically break him down so he can help the TVA mm. and go on this journey, this new journey, with a very different Loki yeah. that we've not really seen before which I really liked how they did that in this, certainly in this opening episode. Again, there's a lot of great lines in this. Uh, You know, Loki at the start, he says, it's the Tesseract, be very careful with it. It sounds dumb. (laughs) Um, I think from Reggie, (laughs) one of the office clerks. Oh, I like where he threatens to gut him like a fish. (laughs) And he's like, what the hell's a fish? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's my favourite line. Yeah, like I'll I'll be more scared if I actually knew what what you're threatening me with. Give me the tesseract, or I'll gut you like a fish. What's a fish? I don't know. <laughs> um, just like to confirm, I do know what a fish is. I do. So you know, <laughs> we're fine. Yeah, they exist in this timeline. Just a little like talky talky from Mobius is great. <laughs> Owen Wilson. There's a great exchange between Loki and Mobius where Loki's like, "There's only." One person you can trust. And Mobius is like, yourself? I like it. Slap it on a t-shirt. Wow. What does he say? He says something about, um, Loki says, I don't want to talk or something. And he goes, yeah, well, we both know that's a lie. That's another lie. You love to talk. Yeah. Love you love to talk. <laughs> Have you got a favorite line then? Actually, the robot one, I don't think that gets uh, enough credit. That was kind of funny. That was like... Uh, you know, oh, please yeah. <laughs> step inside this machine uh, if you have a soul and stuff and are not, uh, in fact, a soulless robot or something. And he goes, what if I am a robot? 
then it will melt you from the inside. And I didn't know it. Well, what if what if I just think yeah. I'm human? How do I know? It's like, all right. Yeah, I thought yeah, that was, that was cool. Funny. It's like he's having a little existential crisis just before he climbs in it. <laughs> so, score, what are you going with? I thought it was fun. It's pretty quick, but it's, uh, it's you know, it's a nice introduction, uh, as I said. It's a lot of funny moments. I'm going to go, like, 8.6. Yeah, I thought it was really great just how the script just kind of deconstructs the character so we can go on this journey with this new Loki kind of thing and um, yeah it's it's a very talky episode but I didn't mind that at all you know I I think with the production design there's enough visual interest there and there's kind of a few good fights in there um, like at the end and the whole like time collar thing where Mobius can just rewind time <laughs> on Loki mm. was great great idea I like when he does yeah. that to the, the, the woman you know Hunter B15, yeah. After they have a fight, he puts the colour on her. Yeah, that's the one. Hunter puts the colour on her. It's just like constantly, boom, 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 boom. Keeps making her go back, back, back. Sends yeah. Her away. And there's a great joke when he does it to Loki, because obviously he's chucked the chair, and he's like, yeah, sorry, the the, the time collar can't rewind the furniture. <laughs> <You know? laughs> remember that bit? That oh, was that's funny. funny. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But yeah, the script is really funny as well. It's... Certainly one of the funnier episodes, I would say. Um, certainly in the beginning. So yeah, I'll, I'll yeah I'll go like a nine to be honest. All right, acting then. Let's talk about Owen Wilson because I think he he does a, a great job. To be honest, um, you know I love doing his <laughs> his accent. I mean, did you like his character in this? Oh, I, I like uh, almost every character that Owen Wilson plays. I mean, he plays mm. himself basically. Yeah, no, I thought he was fun. I thought he was funny. And he was good as well. He's like mm. pretty calm, pretty collected. He's got this kind of like plan that you know nobody else has, and um, yeah, there's just also just kind of a, a sort of optimism about him, which I think goes mm. well when he talks to Loki of like they're conflicting. Loki's very pessimistic, and uh, yeah. yeah, Loki's very pessimistic and arrogant, whereas you know Owen Wilson plays it like very optimistic cheerful happy but also you know very kind of like good and kind and stuff yeah their dynamic works really well together um very watchable mm. i really yeah. liked gugu uh embatha raw who plays uh ravana renslayer he's mm. kind of like the judge and the the head of the well the head of the tva really interesting character because she's obviously connected to kang the conqueror so mm. We'll talk about later how maybe how they those two might get together at the end, and certainly her journey is very interesting. Of like whether you can trust this character or not, you, whether you believe her or not, which is interesting. And I think she does an incredible job. Uh, yeah, I would say my favorite performance is still probably Tom Hiddleston. The way he kind of, you know, he goes from certainly twenty twelve Loki of this very like you know, evil, arrogant Loki um, just wants his throne and his glorious purpose. And slowly throughout, you know, the episode, Mobius breaks him down with all these questions. You know, he sees his life play out, which he doesn't believe at first, but then it's like, oh yeah, this must be real. Certainly that moment when he sees himself get killed by Thanos, Tom Hiddleston is amazing in that moment of, of pure shock that I really enjoyed that from him. That was really great. Mm. I think that's certainly something that's probably quite difficult to do. Probably would have needed quite a few takes to get that right for him. 
Yeah, and then, you know, he gets completely broken down, and I think he just uh, does that really well. And kind of accepts who he is, that he's a villain, you know. Is yours Tom Hiddleston as well, favourite performance? Yeah, yeah, I think mine would be Tom Hiddleston, with uh, a close second being Owen Wilson. Score for acting? I'll give it pretty high, actually. I'll give it a nine. I think they all do a really good job, and it's just a great starting point for this show. They all give a really intriguing performance certainly you know a lot of the side characters it's just lovely that we get to see these characters more and it's just not loki and mobius so yeah i I really enjoyed the acting in this tom hiddleston and uh, owen wilson is great same like owen wilson is a close second for me so i'll go like an 8.7 i think right let's add up the scores then for glorious purpose episode one Glorious purpose. Glorious purpose. Glorious purpose. <laughs> Glorious purpose gets 51.6. Bloody good from Loki. I'm not sure if it's like my favourite opening episode for, for these Disney Plus MCU shows. It might be. Yeah. Yeah, I think it might be. Because obviously WandaVision was it a 1950s sitcom. <laughs> Yeah, purely yeah. a 50s sitcom and there's very little it was purely a 50s yeah sitcom, like yeah. mystery in that um, only a few moments no. so i mean falcon and the winter soldier was really good like that action scene with with falcon that was pretty incredible i kind of like i prefer i suppose just the character yeah. stuff in this to the other ones rather than the action it's not very yeah. action heavy but just um the character no. building and the world building in this episode I think it sets up quite a lot just in the first episode. So what's your episode, Mr. Encyclopedia Man? My episode is Journey into Mystery, episode five. Nice. So why did you yeah. pick this one? I think it's the it's it's mainly, there are quite a lot of revelations in this one, and it's like the culmination of a lot of the, mm. well, basically the whole show up to this point. And it does seem like the the most grand in scale episode. So, oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, even compared to the last one as well. Yeah, like this is really where you say, you know, yeah, you know, like the the the, the big one. And it has H- Richard E. Grant in it, so. <laughs> and it's got the Richard E. Grant in it, who is amazing as a, as a classic. Mm. You know, you also get like a ton of Loki. So like throughout this yeah. show, <laughs> you've had two Lokis and they talk about, oh, going back in time. So you think you're going to see loads and loads of Lokis. In this episode, you see loads of Lokis. Mm. So that's pretty damn cool. Yeah. Including a crocodile Loki, which makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> Alligator Loki, get it right. Come on. Alligator Loki. Different animal, man. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there's a crocodile one somewhere. His cousin, maybe. Yeah. So what happens in this episode? Uh, so this one is coming up, uh, off the back of him and Sylvie, which is the female version of himself. They take out the timekeepers, who turn out to be androids yeah. and... You know, they're controlled by somebody else. And uh, during the fight, uh, Loki gets pruned, which up to this point, you know, you're under the assumption that means death. They're dead. But in this episode, actually, no, he he's like transported to the end of time. Well, when Loki gets pruned, Mobius gets pruned before. And as soon as Loki was yeah, pruned, I'm like, pruned, yeah. oh, yeah, Mobius is alive because <laughs> they're not going to kill yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So in this... Um, place that they're they are at the end of time that's where not only pruned people go but even pruned timelines you know where they put those charges and like annihilate a timeline 
actually everybody from that timeline goes there. Just everything goes here at the end of time. There's this giant monster called Eliath that just basically roams around and eats anything. It's like this giant Mm. cloud monster or something. And so basically uh, Loki is found by a bunch of other Lokis, uh, including an old Loki played by Richard E. Grant, a young Loki, like a boastful Loki who says like he's done all these amazing yeah. things, which everybody thinks he's just talking out of his ass, and, a cro- <laughs> and an alligator Loki. Shut up. I was going to say crocodile, but whatever. Yes. An alligator <laughs> Loki. So that's the main team of Lokis. So they just want to um, survive, but he wants to, you know, somehow beat Eliath and, and uh, break out of this and go back mm. and save Sylvie. Sylvie also has her thing going on where she thinks she she convinces Ravona to team up with her and figure out what's going on till she's betrayed. And uh, then she sends herself back uh, while well, she prunes herself to send herself to um, the Void. And so basically her, Mobius, and the other Lokis defeat Eliath. Um, she manages to control its mind. Enchanted, yeah, and then, yeah. you know, they, yeah, enchant it, yeah. And then, you know, they, they go to the, the world beyond it, you know, which the bad, the real mm. bad guy is, uh, is situated. So that's, that's the, essentially the plot of it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, as you said, it, it's, it's certainly the epic episodes and the one with a lot of scale to it all the big visual effects come into this one yeah definitely i love how they basically just start it up with the big uh threat and the visual effects just right out of the gate mm. of like loki waking up and it's he's still just like what the hell's going on and it's like you know well like that's Eliath. we need to get the hell out of here in this giant <laughs> monster in the clouds you know it's pretty. It's pretty cool. Directing then. There's a wide shot as the Lokis are travelling across the void, and we see a vehicle that could have made Endgame and Infinity War even better. <laughs> That's right, Thanos's helicopter. We see with his own oh, name yes. on it <laughs> on the side. <laughs> they could have put that in those films, and it would have been amazing. Yeah, surely from the best of all timelines. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, that that's cool, just yeah. so funny. That <laughs> apparently that helicopter was in an Avengers comic where it was in a Spider-Man no, comic. Was it a spy- yeah, Spider-Man comic yeah, where Spider-Man he comic, tro- yeah. he uh, does a heist <laughs> to yes get one of the Infinity Stones or something, and he escapes with the helicopter with his name on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's a really amusing comic. I saw. Uh, I'll send you a breakdown of it. It's absolutely hilarious. It's like he wants to steal. Um, what do they call it? Cosmic Cube, Spider Man, oh, right, and yeah. some other super cat, like cat themed superhero, try to stop him. But it's stuff okay. like he has a helicopter with his name on it, and when he gets the cube, he trips, and that's how it kind of leaves his hand, and then Spider Man's able to beat him. He trips up. <laughs> Yeah, he trips, yeah. He, like, creates an earthquake to, you know, beat <laughs> Spider-Man, but he, he it trips him, and then he drops the cube. It's such a stupid story. Oh, right. And then he gets apprehended by the authorities at the end. Like, the cops oh, right. put him in a police car. It's absolutely hilarious. I mean, that's surely how he got his blade from Endgame, from, from his helicopter, surely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the rest oh. of the helicopter, the, the TVA had confiscated, and he's like, can I at least have the blades? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, Thanos, this is just stupid, man. we got to take this away. <laughs> yeah. This shouldn't exist. 
I mean, the green, purple, headless chickens. I mean, that was very odd. I don't yeah, understand was what was going on there. <laughs> it was like the animators <laughs> couldn't be asked to finish off the design. And <laughs> it's like, oh, I'll just put a, a bobbling ball on top of them. That'll do. We're pushed for time. <laughs> and just make it go up and down. That'll do. That's fine. Just make it yeah. look like an, it's an anomaly of of the void or something. I don't know. Yeah. There's also, <laughs> um, what was it? A Yeah, that was so strange. Yeah. I, I don't know if they're like from a timeline where somebody screwed around with chickens that they were all purple and headless or something. It's, I don't know. KFC experiment gone terribly, terribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Added, added the wrong uh, herbs. <laughs> <laughs> Too many chicken bowls. <laughs> yeah. The moment at the end when Richard E. Grant as classic Loki re- recreates Asgard is such an epic moment. And the whole scene kind of works so well because of the music. The The music really drives that end scene where, you know, Loki and Sylvie are trying to enchant the uh, Eliath. Because, it, you know, all the characters are very static and there's a lot of CG, a lot of, you know, purple smoke and Asgard being recreated. So there's a lot of, there's not a lot of like, of, of the actors doing a lot is a lot of hand gesturing from them. So you have to have something to combine the, all this scene together. And the music does that job incredibly well. The mm. composer is Natalie Holt does a great job really. But I was pretty gutted when Richard E. Grant's Loki dies at the end though. I was like, Oh, that's just yeah. that's gutting. <laughs> I would love yeah, to have that seen that. kind of does him. suck. Yeah. I think you could do like a film with him or a series with him. Like uh, he was pretty cool. I mean, mm. one, uh, like, they, they just dress him up in the daft, comic, accurate costume, which is like, yeah. how the hell with it? And um, But also, he just looks cool as a Loki. Initially, I was just like, that looks terrible. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I saw, you know, at the end of the fourth episode, when you get the sting, at the end, and you see the three, well, the four Lokis... Like his costume, yeah. I was like, "Oh God, that look that looks bad." <laughs> it does feel like there's way too much yellow, and the horns sticking yeah. out looks a bit ridiculous. But I think the more yeah. I was watching the episode, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the costume more. Yeah, I liked it a bit more. So it, it it grows on you. It grows on you definitely. Yeah, you're like, hmm, it's not it's not too bad. Also, what was it? There was a bar brawl between a Loki and a bunch of other Lokis, where they all betray each other, which is fucking hilarious because it's so Loki. Mm. Boastful Loki betrays them to President Loki. President Loki betrays Boastful Loki. All the other Lokis <laughs> betray President Loki. And they all just kick the shit out of each other. I thought that was quite funny. Well, he mm. gets his hand bitten off by the alligator. Yeah, Loki. that was hilarious. <laughs> that was really funny. But I love how like our Loki is just trying to dodge everyone <laughs> and trying to stay out of the way, which is quite funny. But again, I love like Richard E. Grant in that, just loving life, and is just really going for it with like casting the projections of all the hand gestures. Just brilliant. But I I was left a little bit disappointed that the president loki wasn't more important to the story and it was just like again a throwaway joke um it was a good joke i enjoyed it it was funny but i kind of would have loved it if maybe he was involved a bit more i don't know i think if they had all teamed up if he had like convinced them all to team up and every one of them was there for the final battle i think that would have Mm. been like uh more icing on the cake rather than literally yeah maybe you know you get all of these extra ones come up and then just like 
they fight each other and then we they just leave. They leave out the back door. It's like, mm. oh, screw those guys. It just kind of seems like a wasted scene. It's like, what was the point of that? Again, I think it's just a classic case of Marvel just messing with the audience in, in the trailers. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, you have this president Loki, or you know, vote Loki badge. He looks really cool. And it's just a joke in the end. It's just like, oh, <laughs> damn you, Marvel. <laughs> it's basically just don't watch yeah. the trailers. Just <laughs> you no. don't need to. <laughs> you no, know. Don't watch the trailers. I can't help it. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, have you got a favorite shot then? Yeah, I think Rich- Richard E. Grant, you know, summoning Asgard. That was a pretty damn badass shot. And even actually yeah. his his death of just like glorious purpose. And then... <laughs> In immediate death. Yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> and sad. That was a really good shot. And very sad, yeah. Mine is, like, right at the beginning, actually, there's a great, like, undertill and roll around with the camera to give you a nice, like, quick recap of the severed head of the robot timekeeper. You know, then a nice big shot of, like, the Eliath with all the Lokis looking really small, like, right at the beginning. Just to give you this sense of like this this episode is going to be the big epic one. Yeah, I really like that shot. So directing yeah. score for me, I think it's really good to be honest. Oh, well, I was going to say I missed out yeah. one bit in the plot that um, was quite epic. Although yeah. I wish it was longer and sort of meant a little more. Where they're trying mm. to probe how to defeat Eliath, and like there's a ship that lands there oh, yeah. and starts firing at Eliath, and it just just destroys it. You know. Oh, it, it was yeah. kind of cool, but it's yeah. so it's so brief and like like inconsequential. But it was just them going like, "Okay, how can we beat it? Maybe a ship." It's like, "No, okay, how the fuck are we going to defeat this thing? This is impossible." Before you know, um, Sylvie comes. Yeah. In. Apparently, that's the same ship. I can't remember what it was called, but the, uh, that was involved in the Manhattan Project thing, where they tried to make it invisible or something. Yeah, so it's Remember it's not it's in, not the Manhattan Project. Yeah. It's like this um, internet myth that came around that um, okay. this particular ship that had a number designation. It was it was going everywhere and in, in, in like you know creepy pastas and like Facebook and many other things. Oh, but it's right. kind of like a, a myth. But it was like the U.S. Um, I can't remember in like the sixties or seventies tried to make open a portal. And they had a ship, and the, okay. they, they wanted to make it invisible. Invisible, but the the ship just disappeared. But not like invisible, like it went through a portal or something. And um, but it's one of those internet mm. myths. But they just picked up on that, and they've put yeah. that exact ship with the same designation. I like how they they're doing that sort of stuff yeah. with the series. Like you have um, DB Cooper explaining that weird phenomenon, yeah. <laughs> and then like you know. The, this weird ship, and also um, I saw somebody point out uh, in one of the videos. Uh, of this episode uh, you know a review of this episode that um they're playing a video game at the loki's hideout younger loki's hideout and that yeah. video game is one of these internet myths that everybody believes existed but there's no proof of it oh right <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of cool that you know all the well a lot of these things go into like the void where the end of time or whatever all these forgotten things yeah so directing i'll probably go like 8.5 i think how about you, sir? I think uh, I'll go my, a little higher just because of the scope okay. of it. Actually, I'll go a nine. All right, screenplay then. Yeah, as I said in the previous episode when we were talking about it, Gugu Mbatha Raw, who plays Renslayer, is talking to Sylvie and explains to her about when variants are pruned, they go to a void at the end of time where they can't escape. 
But a bit before that, she says, I want to know who's at the top of this. I want to know who lied to me. And I'm not sure I believe her. And obviously, in the last episode, we don't really get many answers to that. And obviously, in the comics, Renslayer is connected to Kang in some way. Because obviously, in the last episode, she uses her time pad and leaves to go somewhere. I suspect we definitely will see her again, for sure. What do you think about Renslayer as a character in this show? She's okay. Uh, you know, I never really thought that much of her. Not a fan, then? I'm not really a huge fan. I mean, you know. Okay. Uh, it's like, I suppose they, they do try to make some sort of, uh, maybe she'll feel betrayed. Because, I don't know, she just seems like one of these characters. I, I think she's the epitome of the bureaucracy of the yeah. TVA that she'll listen to all the propaganda. She's a true believer. Even when everything's found out to be bullshit, she still believes. <laughs> it's like complete de- yeah. delusional belief. Um, I don't, mm. you know, she can't really, like all the other, you know, unlike Mobius and everybody else who've dedicated their lives to it, when they find out it's bullshit, they're like, oh man, this is wrong. But she's like, no, yeah. no, it's somehow, this is somehow still true. You know, even, you know, despite the overwhelming evidence. So she's kind of infuriating. It feels like she wants to find out the truth for herself and like take over the TVA for herself kind of thing. I don't really trust anything she says in this show. <laughs> I don't. I don't think she's going to do it for herself. I, I think she's still like a diehard believer, and I think if she found out yeah. that it's a Kang or whatever, then she'll pledge her complete loyalty to him. I, you know, I think if she found out it was the devil mm. that run the TVA, she'd be like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" Because I think it's still her, mm. you know, thing. I, you know, I, I would trust what she says, like to Owen Wilson in the uh, last episode. Where she's like, it kind of doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. The person that made the TVA made it for a reason. I think she says something like that. So it's like, yeah. I think she's going okay. to, uh, she's going off to find Kang. But uh, spoilers for the the end of the show. Mm. Uh, Sylvie kills that Kang, the Kang that made the TVA. So any other yeah. Kang is just like, you know, a different universe's Kang or whatever. So she mm. might run into one of the uh, ones that want to conquer everything. Yeah, and following on from that of our opinion of Renslayer, there's a great moment when Sylvie like self prunes and one of the Minutemen says she self pruned, you know, and Renslayer saying like, Oh good. She's dead too. (laughs) And it's like another sign that the TVA is slowly falling apart. And for me, I don't trust anything Renslayer says. (laughs) Um, It's just, again, it's, it's one of these moments in the show that, where the TVA is is starting to unravel, the truth is kind of coming out. And there's a great moment from Tom Hiddleston when he say, when he's having a heart to heart with Sylvie, and says, "I portrayed my father, my brother, my home, and I know what I did, and I know why I did it, and that's not who I am anymore." And it's like Loki has become a fully fledged hero now, and it definitely feels earned in this show. Because he has someone he like truly loves now in Sylvie, even though it's a variant of himself, so it's a bit weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and but it's believable though. It is a bit weird. How do you feel about with his relationship with yeah. Sylvie? Because it is kind of strange. Because you know, like everybody was like, "Oh, the the most kind of weird relationship in fiction or in TV shows was like um, Game of Thrones, Jamie Lannister and Cersei Lannister, because they're, they're yeah. twins, brothers and sisters." I th- this is weirder than that because mm. it's the same person. Like that's just kind of that's a bit strange. Yeah. Um, a variant yeah. female of himself. <laughs> yes. So it's it's basically masturbation then. 
But it does. She does feel like a very different character, though. She's very. Yeah. I mean, she's in a lot of pain. She hasn't had the opportunity that this Loki has had of, of like trying to conquer worlds and things like our Tom Hiddleston's Loki has. She's her life has been taken away from her from the word go, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So you know, she's basically been fighting back against the TVA since she was yeah. a child. So yeah, she's definitely feels like a very different character. There's some great funny lines in this from Richard E. Grant, uh, where he says, We're in a shark tank. Eliath is the shark. The alligator Loki growls. Oh, there's no such thing as an alligator tank. Besides, it's a better metaphor. He's overly sensitive, like like the rest of us. <laughs> it's a great little bit. Yeah, that was funny. From President Loki. Why, you beef-witted half-face scrubs? We had a deal. <laughs> There's a great one from Mobius when he arrives in uh, the void and meets the other Lokis, and he's like, you throw a rock out here, you hit a Loki. <laughs> yeah, that was That's funny. great. I think, what was it? He said something, he did mention the alligator, yeah. the alligator Loki, Mobius did, Owen Wilson, where he's like, um, you know, I don't remember hearing about an alligator Loki. So, it's like, are you saying he's lying? Well, he could be, which would ironically make him quite like a Loki, you know. It's like, you know, maybe it's just mm. an alligator, you know, that's pretending to be like... My favourite line, though, is probably... There's a great line where Loki is ranting at the variants, and he says, All I know is I got pruned, and I wake, woke up here, and now I'm surrounded by variants of myself, plus an alligator, which I'm heartbroken to report I don't find all that strange. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant, yeah, that. that was brilliant. <laughs> You got a favourite line? Uh, you know, even though it's kind of like, you know, like cliche, where uh, yeah. all the Lokis are like, you know, they have a chance to escape with Mobius, but they're like, no, I'm staying. I'm staying. I like that. It's a very Spartacus moment. It's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to die here, but I'm going to help fight. I, it's like they all become like heroes. You know, they have a, a chance to just get the fuck out of here, um, but they're all going to stay. Score for me... I liked like the Renslayer and Sylvie stuff near the beginning of the episode. I liked that. That I mean, again, this episode is very funny. There's probably better lines in this one. Again, you kind of come pretty much full circle. Well, to the end of Loki's arc, nearly in this one, where he becomes a fully fledged hero, pretty much. So I kind of like that. But yeah, it's it, it is kind of more of a character episode a little bit certainly there's a lot of great stuff with sylvie kind of wanted maybe more of mobius because he's such a great character so i'll go like 8.2 i think how about you sir yeah i'll go um i'll go 8.3 all right acting then (laughs) i love the moment where loki is like i'm gonna kill Eliath, and i could use all the help i can get and then all the (laughs) variants Variant Loki's just burst out laughing. And again, like Richard E. Grant is amazing, where he's just like, <laughs> Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, it's, it's brilliant. One of my favorite moments, though, is when Renslayer is talking to B15 and then asks for all the files on the creation of the TVA from Miss Minutes and says, Whoever created this place is in danger. And then when she walks away, she does this little smirk. You know, and it's like she just wants to run the TVA for herself. Maybe I yeah. don't know. It's yeah, yeah. No, that that could that could be There's so many unanswered questions. Yeah, yeah. with this character, yeah, 
very sneaky. Yeah, she could be trying to yeah overtake the whole damn thing. So any other bits? Uh, I like Richard E. Grant when he was talking about what he did after Endgame, like his Loki. Oh, right, um, yeah. I just kind of like that monologue and just how it was done. Where uh, mm. it's, you know, it's basically just, a, it just sounds like a lot of regret and sort of sadness behind, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's just like, you know, I escaped, I was fine, but then, you know, I was on my own, you know, and it, I just mm. kind of like that. And it's like, you know, yeah. And, you know, I missed my brother and everything. And, you know, where he's just like, yeah. you know, well, that's just what Lokis do, you know, kind of just end up alone. Apart from kid Loki who killed Thor. <laughs> Although he killed a kid, Thor, so that must be a lot easier. Yeah, different, <laughs> <You> I <know>? guess. <laughs> <laughs> Probably just killed him in his sleep or something. Yeah, exactly. Bastard. And this is, you know, before <laughs> Mjolnir or whatever. He just put a pillow over his face or whatever. We haven't talked about Sophia Di Martino much as Sylvie. As I said, she's certainly very much a different character, a character that suffered a lot of pain in her life. At, at times, i got to be honest, I did find her a little annoying. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. but she does have some great moments of sincerity when she's talking to Loki, you know, when they're both like enchanting the Eliath and the, the moments mm. leading up to that. I really enjoyed. Yeah. And certainly their conversation. I, I like the I like the moment with, um, yeah, the conversation that they were having and uh, Loki, you know, makes a blanket for himself and then later for both of them. Yeah. And I like they're both basically trying to say that they love one another. Yeah, I quite like that, but they're too vulnerable to even mention such a thing. So they're mm. dancing around it. But yeah, I I do like that. So my favourite performance <laughs> is Richard E. Grant, to be honest. I think if you're going to yeah. have him, I'm always going to pick him in an episode yeah. like this. So yeah, even though the costume, I certainly needed some time to warm to, <laughs> <laughs> but he does an, an amazing job. So. Score, mm. I'm going to go 8.5. Everyone's really good. I kind of wanted more Mobius, though. How about you? What's your favourite performance? Yeah, Richard E. Grant. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah, it's just amazing. You know, it's just, a, it's a great choice for an older Loki. And I mean, he's just amazing in everything. There's just like such sincerity behind everything he says. And mm. he's just fun to, fun to see act. But everybody else was pretty good as well. You know, Sylvie, Owen Wilson. I wish more Owen Wilson was in this. Uh, you know, I agree with you. And like everybody was yeah. pretty good. But yeah, I would say Richard E. Grant was my favorite. And it was such a shame that he died. It seemed premature. Yeah. It's like, for the love of God, I only got one episode. I was very much like, no. <laughs> yeah, but you only get one episode to hang with him. It was like, it just felt way too yeah. premature. Like, it, it's both. A, a good moment but a terrible moment in the series where you're like man what yeah. what a waste just keep him going maybe let yeah. him die in the second season somewhere <laughs> you know where i can get my full of him hopefully he reprises his role like you know there's another loki and uh, another old loki and mm. just you know get richard e grant yeah. to play him again did you hear richard e grant made a suggestion of, that they should do a series of uh him and yes al uh, crocodile alligator loki i think that yes. would be great yeah, I would love to see that. Maybe tweak the costume slightly, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but if somebody was saying they should team up with Rocket and Groot, that'd be kind of interesting. Really? Uh, <laughs> each of them has, has a partner that doesn't really talk. So, score for acting? Yeah, I, you know, I think I agree with you. 8.5 sounds about right. Nice. Right, let's add up the scores then for The Mysterious Journey. Journey into Mystery. Get it right. Journey yes, into Mystery. That's the one. Is it? Oh yeah, Journey into Mystery, Mysterious Journey, Potato Potato. <laughs> Do you know what the reference is to Journey into Mystery? No. 
Explain. Journey into Mystery is it the in fact the actual comic that Thor debuted in. Oh right. That was the name of yeah, oh, that right. was the name of the comic series that Thor debuted in. It wasn't Thor one, it was Journey into Mystery. See, ladies and gentlemen, this is why I bring on the comic book encyclopedia man for you. <laughs> <laughs> Journey into Mystery gets fifty one points. So Glorious Purpose wins by again point six <laughs> points with fifty one point six. So episode one wins only just by like point six. Cheer. <laughs> How did I cheat? <laughs> I don't anyway. know. You somehow. somehow <laughs> so what did you think about Loki as a whole then um, compared to like WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Where does this rank on the Marvel Disney Plus shows for you? I think I liked it more than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. A lot more than that, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think, I think Winter Soldier, uh, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier was like it was, it was all right. I think we said this before. It could have just been a very long movie rather than a mm. series. Don't think there was really enough material there. Yeah. Whereas this, I kind of feel it feels too short. <laughs> is my thing with this? Like, I liked it, but it felt like it could have really? been, a, oh, it right, could okay. have been much, much longer. Yeah. I think six episodes is like not nearly enough, but it did feel like a, a, a mm. nice taste. Of of a series, you know, and I'm glad they've got yeah. a season two because I didn't feel quite full enough from this. Yeah, I was really surprised like that. Yeah, no, I am surprised because I think this is the first one they've they've just said, you know, mm. oh yeah, there's a second season. I'm like, oh, awesome. So I did like it. I just wish it was like longer. What is it too talky for you for this show? No, no, I, I I don't I don't mind the talky nature of it. I just kind of want you know, I just wanted more of it, you know, because there's so many great characters in this. You kind of want more of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, I probably prefer WandaVision. Not by much. Yeah. Yes, there are more episodes, but certainly yeah. the first two they released at the same time and they're very short. I think with what, what WandaVision did so well for me was the fact that it brought the emotion. It was quite emotional yeah. at the end um, yeah. with these characters and it really worked. Like the acting in that was just extraordinary at times. I think I agree with you. Though. And Catherine Hahn yeah. in that show was amazing. Whereas yeah. Sophia Di Martino was great, but not on any level to Catherine Hahn, I think. Yes, very different characters. Yeah. Her character worked really well for this show. Yeah, but it's not a huge margin, though. I I liked all three of these shows. But I think WandaVision, for me, just tips it just. Because I, yeah. I do love like the whole mystery box style of storytelling. I think I agree with you as well. I think I prefer... Yeah. Uh, one division but I, I still do quite like this so where do you think the future holds for marvel phase four then certainly with the characters you know like kang where do you think it's going to go yeah so you know i'm quite interested with the end of this because uh, there were loads of theories that it was going to be kang the conqueror and uh, you know he was in mm. uh, he's said to be the villain in uh, ant-man uh, three ant-man and the wasp three quantum mania yeah so that's going to be interesting i think it's interesting that they they introduce him in a show before the film because yeah. in everything else like you know yeah. for the netflix shows or the uh you know the the ones attached to agents of shield it was never that way it was always feeding from the movies mm. to the shows but never from the shows to the movies mm. like they tried to keep that shit separate yeah and i like how they're just they're letting it bleed in both directions like whatever doesn't matter mm. yeah so, uh, that's interesting too uh, introduce such a important villain very early on in a show. It certainly does feel like we're in the multiverse now with what mm. the actions of what Sylvie did. <laughs> yeah. The fact that she kills K 
Kang in this universe and just creates yeah. all these branches to create... Creates the multiverse, yeah. All, yeah. So you've got all these different variations on Kang, all the evil ones, and it, it seems like Loki has gone into an evil one for, of, of Kang. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I love that moment at the end where he he seemingly comes back to the TVA and Mobius and B Hunter B-15 don't know who he is. It's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> He's in a different universe. Yeah, and there's a statue of Kang and stuff. Yeah, that was great. Uh, so yeah, so, I, and also I reckon this is going to feed into you know because they were talking about there was a connection between One Division and in the Multiverse of Madness, you know the uh, yeah. Doctor Strange one. This seems like it has a heavy connection there because you know you're talking about mm. a multiverse. It's like at the end, it's like he basically st- states, you know, through all the pruning and what have you and weeding of the timeline, there is only one universe here. But if you kill me, it's going to split and there's going to be a multiverse and it's going to be it's going to be terrible. And, you know, yeah. she kills him. So I think this is going to feed into that, you know. I don't yeah, think it's definitely. kind of a coincidence. There, there's a multiverse at the end of this, and the next film has something to do with a multiverse. So. Or mm. next year's one. It yeah. certainly puts into question now, like, everything coming up. It's just like, the question will just be like, well, which universe is this show going to be in? Which universe is this film going to be in <laughs> you know yeah. or is all these universes going to collide you know certainly with doctor strange yeah. 2 and maybe spider-man well it's heavily rumored with the spider-man film that we're going to yeah. get lots of spider-man oh, yeah. and different villains from different films so yeah. how is that going to work in relation it makes you think because um you know does because yeah because could this film like retroactively make every previous marvel film even not done by the mcu make it canon do you know what I mean? And part of the yeah. MCU. Yeah. Would the X-Men films have happened in a different timeline that, that now exists now? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and literally all of those are actually canon. Yeah. And then the Fox um, Fantastic Four ones or, you know, Universal's yeah. Time with the Hulk or literally any of these studios, you know. Mm. Could it make all that stuff canon? It's interesting. You know, that's pretty interesting. Because obviously recently, I don't know if you heard about this, Hugh Jackman posted on Instagram or something, uh, a pair of Wolverine claws and a photo yeah. of him and Kevin Feige. <laughs> um, an old yeah. photo, I must add, but that's really interesting as well, whether we might see him again. I can't see that, personally, but I think he's just messing with fans. <laughs> yeah. but I think maybe yeah. maybe like a cheeky cameo would be, would be nice. Of a way of like reintroducing the X-Men, maybe. Yeah, I, you know, it's one of the things, like, Hugh Jackman, you know, I mean, he still looks fantastic for his age, and he played Wolverine for mm. a lot, but it's one of those things of, like, I kind of don't want to see him play Wolverine again, uh, or that version yeah. of Wolverine, and I don't really want to see, like, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, no. just mainly because it kind of cheapens, you know, the end, it, it cheapens their end, they died in really cool ways, just leave them be. <laughs> I think just the end of this show just makes me really excited for the rest of the MCU. And I did not expect Kang to show up in this show. I really didn't. I thought we would get it in like a post-credit scene or something. Yeah. But for him to directly be there, he is actually the villain. He actually has a lot of screen time. and He is the antagonist of the last episode. I think that's pretty crazy. And that he sets up this yeah. this huge event that happens right at the end. I mean, that's that's nuts. And Jonathan Majors, who plays him, was just such a great performance in that episode. I really enjoyed his performance. Mm. I have a feeling we might not see the helmet, <laughs> the classic Kang helmet. I don't know. <laughs> he kind of has like the purple yeah. costume, which I quite enjoyed. That yeah. was quite cool. Well, you do see him with the helmet in when he's showing the flashback of like explaining how the 
oh, how he became in charge of the timeline. And he says, you oh, know, right. he met other Kangs and they they took over their timelines and then there was a timeline war between him and other mm. Kangs. When he's talking about the other Kangs, they do have helmets on. So mm. if he's like, you know, that's what I used to wear when I was going to war in the multiverse war. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely there. He definitely has the classic look in these these little, um, mm. you know, those metallic holograms, you know, very yeah. Man of Steel-like. yeah, yeah. Yeah, they definitely do have helmets. So that it, that might be just the only nod they have to that. Like, you know, he used Maybe. to wear a helmet at some point and just never bring it up again. It'll be interesting whether we see Kang again before Ant-Man 3, because he is confirmed for that. Whether we see him in maybe Doctor Strange or yeah. something like that. I think it would be interesting if, because uh, this show could do it. Obviously a very small role, I suppose. Yeah, but but how they even show him off at the, the last episode of the show that he is a power to be reckoned with. Like, absolutely. I think it's amazing mm. that they just show that. Yeah, he is a power to be reckoned with. And at the end, he sets up this this huge catastrophe. And I like that as leaving it off. Of it. But it's like, conceivably, even though it's introduced in a show, which is fine, it seems like the MCU's evolved yeah. since just the movie's only thing. But it would be an interesting for to be interested in it, introduced in a show, the next big bad of, like, a, a, a saga. I think that would be cool if you just have, like, a... Mm. Uh, so, you know, I'm saying that's what I would kind of do. Have a, uh, a Kang the Conqueror saga. I mean, that would be cool. Even the whole, you know, multiverse yeah. war thing they're talking about sounds like a really big deal. I'm not sure if that's mm. just going to be confined to the second season and he's going to no. be, like, you know, just an antagonist that's the other thing. Ant-Man 3 and then that's just going to be it for him or if it's going to be, like, a long-running yeah. thing. It's interesting... Obviously, with the sting at the end of this show confirming there will be a season two, because there's definitely not going to be a season two of Falcon and Winter Soldier and when One Division. That's a one and done thing for those shows, and we'll probably and we're going to get a Captain America film with Sam Wilson. That's been confirmed, but obviously with with Loki season two with this storyline, it's just like I don't see us getting Loki season two for a long time. With all the other shows that they've got, I think it will be a while. I think possibly they'll be done with the Kang storyline stuff before we even get to a season two of Loki. Oh, okay. And that it'll be something completely different. Because there's so much on yeah. their slate already. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, at the end of the show, you know, they, they set up, like, there's going to be a multiversal war, like he said before, of, you know maybe millions or infinite amounts of Kangs trying to conquer, you know, the the multiverse. Mm. I mean, that sounds like a huge deal to just end the show on. And so either you pick up the show as soon as yeah. possible and end that thread, or you continue that thread somehow through the movies. I think to to leave the show off on It'll something be through the movies as, and as gigantic shows. as that and to not finish it off just sounds to me like insanity to just uh, you know i think if they do that they just shelve <laughs> off this giant revelation as oh he's just a villain of the week thing and you know this will get this gets sorted behind the scenes mm. or it gets sorted by ant-man i think that would just be like a, a real like what the hell <laughs> you know no it would definitely um, be avengers thing definitely yeah i i hope so i think i think this this show if it hasn't then it, it you know i think it probably is it's setting it up for a a, a giant event oh yeah Definitely. It all depends on when we get Loki season two. I don't think we're going to get it for a while, at least like five years, maybe, or something, mm. with all the other shows that are coming. So, yeah, so it'll be really interesting. Right. I think we'll wrap it up now. Loki, brilliant, brilliant show. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, Boaz, again for joining me on this special. 
And we'll see you next time for this Saturday for our rated action films. All right. Thanks, Baz. See you later. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's pod. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to find out more about the podcast or suggest future topics for us to discuss related to upcoming releases, let us know on Instagram at Film vs. Film Podcast and on Twitter at FVF underscore podcast. Remember, please subscribe. Pod signing off.